Welcome to Empower with Nancy's podcast, your weekly dose of inspiration, motivation, and leadership insights to help you feel empowered and equipped and live a life of fulfillment one day at a time. So, Justin, how are you today? Wonderful, wonderful. So tell me a little bit about what you do as a Wall Street journalist. Yeah, this will be an interesting conversation. I very, 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 very rarely talk to someone who has higher follow through than me in um, in Colby, K-O-L-B-E. Your follow through is astronomically high, an eight. My wife, who's a pediatrician, hers is a seven. Mine's a six. Most of the visionaries I talk to, they're like little to no follow through. So they're ADD diagnosed or undiagnosed. It's not a disorder. It's a sign of genius mislabeled by humans because humans don't understand visionaries. So I spend most of my day either hanging out with my family or talking to the world's top visionaries and connecting them. That's pretty much how I spend my day. And so what do you like most about who you are today and Hmm. working with what you do? Tell me a little bit about how you like to be a journalist. Well, it's an interesting question. None of this has worked for me at all. I know you and I both love Earl Nightingale. My favorite quote of his is, success is the progressive realization of a worthy ideal. Success is the progressive realization of the worthy ideal. In my worthy ideal, zone of genius, unique ability, purpose of life is to be connecting superhero for every visionary. So not human, not consultant, not business owner, just pure visionary who shares their stories with the world. I don't understand their world. People never have. I just like to be in my purpose of life where the ideal just get better at it constantly. So I I mean, none of this is work at all. It's just fun. So it's your it's your passion. And and that's very similar to how I am. It's my 100%. It's, I'm very passionate in what I do. I don't overthink, right? I'm not emotional. I go with every day is something different. Right. Right. I have a vision, always have a vision moving forward and, and doing the things that I love to do. Right. If you can give any advice to the world today, what would that be to focus on not focusing on our struggles on our world today? I don't even think about that. I never think. So there are only two questions I ask myself every day that matter. Only two. And then I was a journalist for 20 years. So you don't get into journalism for employee count or office space or revenue. I don't, I've never understood or cared about any of that stuff. So I don't think about the world struggling in any capacity. I think about two things. One, did I have a good experience that day with my family? Two, did network grow on a global level? And then I just connect visionaries to visionaries because they're the ones that solve the world's problems. That's how I help the world. But I don't think about the world's problems. I think about the visionaries who are solving them and connecting them because that's the purpose of my life. Success is progressive realization of where the ideal. So if someone, well said, if someone went up to you and said, Justin, how do you focus on the, your visionary where I should... No, 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 no. No, they wouldn't. No. That's not a, no, a human would ask that, not a visionary. Okay. That's a human question. And so what are some of the experiences you've gone through in journalism that you would like to share? Yeah. So there are four things that separate entrepreneurs from humans, business owners, consultants, only only four, because my brain, I talk to the world's top visionaries and most of them are all over the place. And then I simplify what they say into patterns. So there are four things. One, 
bankruptcy or potential bankruptcy, two, depression, three, highest level of anxiety that you can imagine, four, likely and or possible traumatic experiences as a child or young adult. So for humans, business owners, consultants, those four things, their excuses, and then visionary, figure it out. And then visionaries are usually, but not always, aliens within their own family, community, and verticals. The only people that understand us are top entrepreneurs, top visionaries on planet. So for 20 years, I was an entrepreneur who happened to be a journalist. I never understood negative news. If it bleeds, it leads. Political stuff, I never understood that. And then journalists who were journalists had no idea what I was talking about and why I was writing about and connecting cool people changing the world. So 20 years as an entrepreneur who happened to be a journalist, only people that actually understood what I was talking about, and then I gravitated toward them, were the people who were making excuses. And as an entrepreneur who happened to be a journalist, it was writing about and connecting them for the media outlet and now running two global companies that only partner visionaries with visionaries. It's writing about and connecting those people for them and to help the world. So it's just it's the same purpose. It's just for a different different way of doing it. Right, right, right. You wrote some, you have some books as well, right? Can you talk a little bit about books? I appreciate you bringing that up. The formula for creating a successful global company is surprisingly simple. As you see a problem, create solution, problem, solve successful global company. So really all the books are, are they're successful global companies. Um, the first one, Epic Business, is how to build a global company with zero business background. I think most people would want to do that. They just don't know how to do it. So create the solution to it. And then the second one, Again, most of my days talking to the world's top visionaries who are the most damaged people with the best coping skills. And then I talk to one to two of them every single week. And I'm sure you talk to a lot of them as well who have let entrepreneur life destroy their family life or prevented them from anything meaningful. So the second book, Epic Life, is how to build collaborative global companies while putting your loved ones first, which I know that's what visionaries want. They just don't know how to do it because they're so damaged. Well said. And thank you. Sometimes it's a challenge where they just focus on putting their business. Every time, it's always a challenge because they're the most damaged. They have those four things. Most people I talk to now, they're all four of those four things. When I first started Entrepreneur Journey six years ago with Zero Business Background, I was still talking to small business owners and humans and consultants. And most of the time, it was one or two of those four things. Now it's basically all threes and fours. And then entrepreneurs, they have three and four of those things, but they have the highest IQ, highest EQ, most hustle. And then they use that stuff with all the damage to create all this stuff. And then they just torch their family or never have one and or never have any meaningful relationships in the, in the process of that. So write the book to solve the problem. Do you see that? What's the percentage of where you see the struggle with entrepreneurs? Do you see that? 100%. Okay. And do they go to you for guidance or do you... If they read your book and find out where they reach out to you and they want guidance from you, it's like, how do you do it? How, how I, can you become an entrepreneur and put in your family first and go yeah. through your day-to-day, especially in our world today? Yep. Yep. So talk is meaningless without an answer. The book is 30 answers. It's 30, 30 chapters. Each is an answer. My favorite answer to the, your question is, I was talking to a genius entrepreneur, Jesse Elder. I'm like, oh, so why are these entrepreneurs focused on big exit, list, all that stuff, which is fine, by the way, new car. And they're like, oh, they're just winning the wrong game. I'm like, oh, that's, that's why the only two questions I ask are good day that with family or did network grow on a global level? So entrepreneurs, without exception, are extremely intelligent. You, they you wouldn't be able to do build a global company if you didn't have high IQ and or EQ. You just, you wouldn't, you wouldn't be able to do that. 
So asking that very simple question is the first step. And right mindset attracts right network, creates right opportunities. Wrong mindset creates wrong network, creates no opportunities. So really comes down to winning the right game and understanding that through having the right mindset. Right. Well said. I think mindset is everything, right? Everything we do in our life. Everything. Yeah. So a human or business owner, they don't understand that because they're they're winning the wrong game too. They don't have the IQ and or EQ to understand that. And you're either born a top visionary or not. I mean, most people would choose to make as much money as they want to do what they like to do and what they're good at, all that. But those four things are excuses. They make excuses of them. And then an entrepreneur has the most damage and they have the highest IQ, highest EQ. And so you're either born like this or you're not. And if you are born like it, you can you can work on your mindset. I've noticed, because um, you see the same pattern over and over, people like me, not always, but usually, usually married to a stabilizing human. So my wife's a pediatrician in Colby. She's lower quick start, higher follow through. That's stabilizing human. Kindest, most loving person on planet. She's COO of second company now. And so the equivalent to that is having the right mindset. A stabilizer for an entrepreneur at home or at work, an integrator, marrying a stabilizing human, the stabilizing equivalent for a brain is having the right mindset. That's that's what I've learned. Well said. Well said. And I 100% agree with you. Yeah. You know, it, it's sometimes people don't understand when you talk about mindset, how to get and have everything that you want in life, right? I love it. You hold your destiny. Regardless 100%. Of there are people that go through depressions and unsure of the relationship and so forth. But at the end of the day, as a coach, be it a personal life coach and a business coach, I cannot tell you what to do, but I will guide you, right? And some people like to be, just tell me what to do and I'll do it. Yeah, give me the answer. Right? Just give me the answer. Give me the answer. That, that doesn't help the situation. It doesn't help you. And so some of the... What are some advices that you would give to an entrepreneur that maybe has a high Kobe score, Justin? Oh, with the high quick start? Oh, there's two. One, marry a stabilizing human. One of the chapters in the book is uh, find your Babs or have your Babs find you. I'm very honored and grateful to be a strategic coach. Very confident saying it's one of the top entrepreneur groups in the world. Dan Sullivan is the co-founder, and then Bab Smith is his wife, and then co-founder of the company. Without Babs, Dan is very bad situation. There is no strategic coach. So my partner for second company, Mark Fujiwara, I call him Babs all the time because he's a he's backstage integrator, but he's an even bigger visionary than I am. And then actually I have two Babses now because my wife is literally my wife, and then she's the COO of the the second company. So yeah, I mean. Most of the people I talk to, they're AD, probably most of the people you talk to as well. They're ADD, ADHD, diagnosed or undiagnosed. They're all over the place. So without a stabilizing human, total disaster. I mean, that's what it is. And then I'm I'm just the very, 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 very rare visionary that has high quick start, high follow through and high fact finder. That's very, very rare. My 8671 score is a unicorn score. Most people I talk to, they're like 3393. So without stability... Or the stabilizing mindset, total disaster, business and in life. Do you, so one of the things that I work with my clients, I, I give them that assessment so that I can understand, I do give them that holding assessment so I can understand them. Are they mostly three, three, nine, threes? Yeah. Yeah, right. So when you know the answer, you just eliminate the non-answer. That's the point. 
one of the chapters in the book is uh, of an epic life. I talk about all these coaches for various sports and they were all like set. Well, the, one of them was in the late sixties, but all of them besides that were over 70 years old because they have the most wisdom. Right. And that is one of the things that I, when I talk about, when I do videos on my podcast, it's more of educational and visionary to my clients and letting them know that it's a passion of helping others, right? So it, it's not to make the almighty dollar. It's about being passionate. And what That's a byproduct. That's a It's the passion of what you have to love and be fulfilled and love what you do, regardless of what you're, what you currently do for your career. Does that make sense? So you have to be fulfilled and feel empowered in what you do. So, well, I mean, empowerment pathways. I mean, like, I mean, I, I appreciate you saying that. There are two reasons from a, if you want to call it business, I don't even really like talking, saying that word, but from a business standpoint, there are two reasons why people are miserable. Only two that I see. One, they're doing something that they're not good at or they don't like to do. That's most of the world, by the way. So they're 40 plus hours a week. They're doing something they don't like to do or not good at. That's not good. And then, so that's most of the world. And then two, they're doing something, they actually find out what they like to do and what they're good, and then they don't do anything about it. I don't understand that at all. That's completely illogical. So I only do what I like to do and what I'm good at. And if I'm not good at it or don't like to do it, someone else just does it or I don't do it. It's pretty simple. They don't have the formations or structure in place to eliminate that stuff. And I just, I've learned that I just eliminate things that I'm not good at or don't like to do. It's very simple. But our world sometimes... You know, they, no, they, they, no, 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 I don't, that, that's not my problem. That's no, no, no. So I talk to the people that don't, they don't, they just do it. And then they could, I connect them to other people like that. Right. That's what helps everyone else. So I don't, anyone who makes, so my father was 61 when I was born, 61. He'd be 107 now. He was a World War II hero, shot down multiple times in combat, many times without a parachute, got back in no plane. So you either can do that or you can't. Most people can't do that. So that's it. So no excuses at the highest level. Right. That's it. Well, being a journalist is what do you see yourself doing this for the rest of your your life? I mean, I've done this since before I was born. My dad explained what that means. You're either born like this or you're not. I've never not done this even before I was born. So my dad, after he died, he died when I was 13. I found a diary of him fighting in the battle of the Hurricane Forest toward the end of World War II. Very deadly battle. Every day gets worse and worse and worse and worse and worse. So I found it after he died. I write exactly like he does. There are multiple diary entries of that diary in the, the first chapter of Epic Life, which is called The Cream Rises to the Top. My dad said every day, you're either the cream that rises to the top or you're someone who makes an excuse. There are, there are no excuses. You do it. And then um, when he was in his late 50s, a drunk driver hit him. Drunk driver was killed. My dad broke every bone in his body, survived, and then he woke up in the hospital. And then my mom was his nurse. She was 27 when I was born, 34-year difference. So that's how they met. So I was just born with a story. I mean, I was just born to be this person. So I've never stopped doing this. I've always done this. I'll never, I mean, this will be the rest of my life doing this. And then our sons, you know, success is progressive realization of where the ideal are. Our sons who are 10 and 9 are bigger visionaries than I am. And with more wisdom and then they have my wife's empathy and harmony and whatever that stuff is. So it'd be fun to watch them do whatever they do with that brain. If there's one thing that you can give advice to and how you say your 
your children right now are bigger visionaries than you are. Way bigger, way bigger. Yeah. What is one advice that you can give as far as? Oh, okay. Yeah, good, good. Eight follow through. So I was talking to my nine-year-old, his name's Chase, when he was eight. So uh, about six months ago, he and I went out for pizza. And we were talking about bending time and IQ. So we talk about sports and school and all that stuff. But then visionary, we talk about IQ and bending time. So Chase, he provided the single greatest explanation of what life actually is. And, and all I do is talk to the smartest people on the planet. He provided the greatest definition. So he considers life one long, great day. So yesterday's before you were born, tomorrow's after you died. So there's no like Monday or whatever. That's a human term human term. So then he said, there are only two ways to have one great long day, only two. He's a simplifier like I am. He just takes out all this stuff and simplifies it, which is good. And then he said, there are only two ways. So one, create more living things. The fundamental purpose of any living thing is to create more living things. So that could be a human life. It could be, I was just talking to a visionary the other day about this and he's like, oh, you could plant a tree or a flower. I'm like, oh, that's interesting. That's a good point. So you could plant a tree, you could create a company or a foundation. That's a living thing. So that's one. I don't think there's an argument against that. If there is, there'd be nothing alive. But if anyone wants to argue against that, that's fine. So that's one. And then two, he said, do what you like to do and what you're good at and just keep getting better at that. So I'm like, that's Earl Nightingale. <laughs> that's what Earl Nightingale said, <laughs> except he was eight. <laughs> so that to me is the ultimate success of the progressive realization of a worthy ideal. And used to think the worthy ideal applied only to what you would think of as business, but it actually applies to family. It applies to marriage. It's the same thing. So that conversation sums up, I guess, everything I believe in in one story. Right. And I want to talk about the marriage piece of it in and so I, my husband and I are in the process of doing a podcast together mm. with my husband for 35 years, right? What's his Colby? What's his Colby? I never gave him the Colby test. I, I would recommend doing that. <laughs> I know it sounds weird, but I need to give him that Colby test because I know that he he's going to be very similar to, to us 100%. With our marriage is we're visionaries. We you're, don't think negative. We don't overcomplicate marriage because it's really not complicated. It's what you make, no. it, right? right? But people make it nowadays. They do make it complicated. You throw jealousy in them in the way. You feel that the other person needs to be more empowered than the other, and it doesn't no. that way. And no. so, what is one advice that, as a journalist, that you would get to about marriage? As far as do you talk about a little bit about how what you think marriage should look like? Well, for whatever it's worth, my wife and I became international dating experts because we went out once a week without the kids every week in 2018. So we were on the Today Show and all that. That was funny to see that. I think the site still works. I think it's 52weeks52dates.com or 52dates52 weeks. It's something like that. The first thing I do every day is a grateful journal to my wife. Her name is Sarah. She's a pediatrician. And so the first thing I do every day is a journal to her you said the word journalist. So it's a grateful journal to her. What I'm grateful for, for her, the previous 24 hours, the most important thing for my wife is for someone to say thank you to her. I don't care if anyone says thank you to me. I don't, I don't even think about it in that regard, but for her, that's the most important thing. So that's my way of getting into the habit of saying, thank you. No matter what she, it doesn't matter what she does. She can do anything, anything, no matter what, say, thank you, say, thank you, say, thank you, say, thank you. So I've learned my dad's last living brother. He's no longer with us, but he was kind of like a father to me after 
after my dad died. He was born in 1918, Uncle Stan. And he was able to meet my wife. Unfortunately, my dad wasn't, but Uncle Stan and his wife and Fran, who also is no longer with us, they both got to meet my wife before we got married. And Stan and Fran were married for like 65, 70 years, something like that. So on my wedding day, they were too old to actually fly up. But I asked Uncle Stan what advice he had for marriage. What advice? So I'm giving you a seven, someone who's married for 65 years, that wisdom, that answer. So he said two things. One, always put Sarah's needs before yours. Always put her needs before yours. Grateful turn on. Then he said two, never touch the thermostat. So I always put her needs first and I never touch the thermostat. That's the key to a successful marriage. Well said. Well said. Don't touch the thermostat. Does your husband touch the thermostat? <laughs> Doesn't. Don't touch the thermostat. And then from an entrepreneurial perspective, it's the same thing. I consider the thermostat anything that I'm not good at or don't like to do. I just don't touch it. Nope. That's the thermostat. Don't touch it. Never touch it. No, it's a lovely analogy that that was very well well said. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Sometimes giving advice to people that have struggled in their marriage, it's either they give it or they don't give it. Right? Winning the wrong game. They were winning the, winning the wrong game. Right. And so I... You see any other questions I have? Do you have any questions for me? Yeah, I'm fascinated by your um, your Colby. You can get things going, and then your follow through. Your follow through will never stop. I would like to know your husband's Colby score. Is he more of the higher quick start, lower follow through? He can't have as high follow through as you. That would be incredible. He does. He does have a very good. My husband is he's straight, straight right between the eyes. Tells it like it is. Yeah, that's how I am. Very organized, very organized, and whatever he says he's going to do, he does. Period. So he does have five followers. That's really interesting. I bet you two have very long discussions about life, and we do. Yeah, that's how my wife and I are. We have these long. We're both high fact finders. Yes, and pretty decent follow through. The couples that really struggle in some of these entrepreneur groups, they have like. A, where the entrepreneur and her, his spouse or partner, they come together for like a couple of days and talk about things. And then the couples that I've seen really, really struggle are the ones that have, they both have low quick start and then they both have high follow through high fact finder. So they just talk forever and they don't do anything. It's just torture for me. It's just horrible. And the other ones that have struggles are where they're both high quick start and low follow through. So there's no stability. There's just, they could go one of two ways. One, they travel the world, greatest life imaginable. That does happen. More often than not, it's a total disaster. There's no, it's the ego thing. You were, there was, there's no stability. There is one thing that's a little different is with me. Yeah. If whatever I see, whatever I want, whatever I do, yeah. I just go straight forward. It's, do I think about it from from the you know the, the the scope of everything I do, but I think quickly, yeah. and then I react and I get what I need done, right? So right. business and even on on a personal level, business it's this is what I want. I'm going to do it. If someone tells me this is what I think that we should do, and it seems so challenging, I love the challenge. Right. That's where the answer. Right. So again, a human would never say what you just said. 
they would make an excuse. That's why. I'd, so like, like when we first started, you're like, oh, I'm not prepared. I go, you're, this will be fine. And then you just did it. You just hit the record button. So like, that's why I was like, this will be a great interview. <laughs> so you just went with it because that's what that a visionary will just do that. They won't. They won't reschedule the interview. <laughs> that would have been funny if you kept trying to reschedule the interview. I would have been like, I, there's no reason to do that. Because this is what visionary life actually is. The only way to learn something is by doing something, not to overthink it. You just do it. And then most people, they ready, aim, 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 aim. And then by the time they do anything, they've already been shot. <laughs> so I'm fire, 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 ready, fire, 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 fire. And then... Nothing ever would have happened if I hadn't, if you don't do anything. That's the only way to learn anything. Right. <laughs> yeah. So telling that to a human doesn't go well. <laughs> you know, you are right, though. And if I say, I know <laughs> it's time to get right on TV, right? Hey, we're, we're recording right now. So it's going to be public. So right. let's jump on TV. What are you going to say? And to me, like you said, most people are they freeze. Like, what am I going to say? You don't talk to those people. Right. <laughs> No. Too painful. I had to learn that. Though. Yeah, because like you spend most of your life talking to people because you know, you're an alien within usually with their own family, community and vertical. Only people that understand are top entrepreneurs on planet. So you spend most of your life talking to people who don't understand what you're talking about. So I'm just not doing that anymore because it's a pointless conversation into nothing. And then I found directness eliminates nonsense and attracts greatness. So just being direct eliminates people that make excuses. And then the ones that like it are top visionaries on planet. Because they have no time for excuses either. They just want to get stuff done. When you want to do an organic interview like we're doing today, mm -hmm. reach out to people. Yeah. And, you, and let's say they're not prepared, right? How many people are usually not prepared for an interview like this? They never even think about that. And never. So that's why when you reached out to me, you said, okay, look at Kobe test. Yeah. And then so but you're not interested in anybody outside of that. So if they haven't, if someone went to you and they say, I've never taken a COVID test, you wouldn't entertain an interview, right? So that's a fair question. Most of the time, I would not talk to them. However, I get some intros from top entrepreneurs on planet. And then all those intros are always good. Some of those people, it's rare, but some of them haven't taken Colby. I, I know that will be a good conversation for sure. Now, I will say when I ask them to take it, they almost all of them do. But no, like it wouldn't just be a blanket. I'm not talking to you. Now, if it was just a random person, I always know when someone's not a visionary because I'll be like, oh, can you take your Colby? And then I always if I don't know them and then they'll be like, oh, it costs fifty five dollars. So I, then I'll never. Talk. <laughs> That's an immediate. <laughs> but you, that that does happen sometimes. I'm like, really? Just gave you the, the key to understanding yourself better than anything that could. And I'm not affiliated with Colby at all. I just. Like, that's the simplest way to understand someone because it's not your personality. I don't really care what your personality is. I don't know if you're going to do something. But Justin, it's part of personality too, right? I mean, you can have a high score and just really not have that personality. I think personality is, is key. Years ago, when I would interview someone and I want, there was someone that I was interested in hiring I would give them, it wasn't a COVID test, I would give them a personality test. Yeah, but I don't, I'm not a manager. I don't want to hire. So I don't even think about hiring people at all. Like um, for a second company, my partner does all that. I don't ever think about any of that because I don't care. I don't do anything backstage. That's touching the thermostat. 
Now, you, my wife would give you a far different answer to that because she's Harmony One, <laughs> but not me. No interest, don't care. I just want to know if they're a visionary or not. So how many businesses do you have? Two, two. Global PR firm. We have freelancers and stuff for that. And then the second one is uh, LinkedIn for visionaries where my partner's a 1596. He does all the backstage stuff with my wife, who's an 8742, stabilizing human. I don't even go to their meetings anymore. They basically just make fun of me the whole time, which I think is funny. And then we had our first group meeting a couple of weeks ago. It's the single best mastermind I've ever been to because it was only about the members and how they could help people. So there was no business owner stuff or anything. It was just pure connectivity. It was beautiful to watch it. And then it'll just scale itself because it's all high quick starts who are just bringing their own people into it. They're just bringing their friends into it. And I don't do anything backstage because it's a nightmare for me. And I would, with my directness, it would destroy the company. Yes. <laughs> The reason why I'm saying that is because remember I was just telling you sometimes a lot of people don't like it right between the eyes. That's them. Like you're, you are direct, right? And so is your husband. Right. And that's why I'm saying like I can relate because my husband, sometimes I say, you did not just say that. Oh, my wife tells me, she's like, you can't talk like that to people. I'm like, well, I, and oh, and then parent teacher conferences, parent teacher conferences. My wife says three words to me because our kids are in a human school. Human school. She's like, don't say anything. So I just sit there. Anything like you like that? Nope. Nope. Because nope. me talking to a third grade teacher like this, bad idea. <laughs> That's one of the reasons why your team is like, okay, stay out of the meetings. I'll give you all. The don't touch the thermostat. Yes. Yes. That's it. It's very simple when you just, I was just listening to my uncle who was, he was like an MIT Caltech level brain, like that kind of. And then, so, you know, he's a genius inventor. And then he's like, put your wife's needs first. Don't touch the thermostat. I'm like, okay, great. I can do that. <laughs> but I do get in trouble a lot. Have you ever, have you written your uh, own eulogy? Have you done that? No. It's okay. So if this is helpful for context, which I don't usually like, but this time, it, I think it's helpful. Donald Miller, I can't remember what book it was, but he talked about writing your own eulogy. It's a great exercise. I was a little weirded out at first by it, but I, then I wrote it and I look at it from time to time. And then one of the parts is I tried to be somewhat human, but I got into trouble all the time because it's so impulsive and I would just say things. So even my own eulogy, admitting the talking to people like you can't really talk to them like that, but I do it anyway. So it's, it's already in my eulogy. <laughs> So when you do you catch yourself sometimes, obviously you No, no. I mean it's after it's already said. It's already said. But yeah. And then oh, this is a funny story too. So on Strength Finders, Gallup Clifton Strength Finders, I'm dead last in empathy. Dead last. For top visionaries on planet, I have endless, endless empathy, endless inclusion, because it's those four things and they don't make excuses. And it's very rare, very, very rare, but occasionally I'll meet someone with less empathy than me. And it happened about seven or eight months ago. I was talking to her. She was well over 160 IQ. She's a pure genius. I go, oh, have you taken your Colby? She's like, yes. I'm like, will you send me your score? Because it's how I introduce people. And she's like, no, I'm not going to send it to you. I'm like, Okay. <laughs> so I got off the call. I go, I, my wife's name is Sarah. I go, Sarah, I think I met someone with less empathy than I have. And when I was like very confused, and I go, Is that how humans think of me when I talk to them? And she's like, Yes. And I go, Oh, God. It was a good learning experience. It, I didn't really change, but at least I learned that like that's how most people look at me because alien. But it's okay because I've learned the ones that really like it are top entrepreneurs, they're the ones that actually help everyone else. That literally puts stop you in your tracks. 
And she's the first one that stopped being attached to realize, like, oh my gosh, is that how I am? Well, because it was so like, like, I'm basically saying, I will give you tons of interest to people that can help you. You can help them. And you won't get, like, you have the score. <laughs> so why wouldn't you just send it to me? She's like, no, I'm not going to send it. Like, so, and then, and then when you, so 140 and above IQ is genius. That's less than 1% of the population. Almost everyone I talk to is over 140. When you get over 160, there's like no human understanding at all. I know a few people like that. None of those people are married. None of them have children. And I, I go to her, I go, you're over 160, right? She's like, yeah. I'm like, cause she, she, she couldn't function and she can't function. People like that can't function in human society at all. But, and she couldn't even change her personality. I know some folks that are at that IQ level and then they just pretend they're someone else. She couldn't even do that. So that's why I was like so taken aback. And then my wife and I are both 139. So we're like basically geniuses, but we're more like bridges. She just does it with harmony. And then I do it with fire, 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 go, go, go. Yeah, it, you know, like you say, most people don't understand that because they no, no, coddle. They want you to stay coddled. Away. Yeah, most of the world is coddled. Not <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> this is a phenomenal. I'm definitely going to have my husband take phenomenal, phenomenal, and you weren't prepared. See, <laughs> hey, I love to work under pressure of course i you know some people are like how do you do it i am a what are you talking about well the people that's because people don't understand and then they're like that being a journalist this is easy for i mean journalists it's like now what what's happening three years from now it's what's happening three seconds from now this is slow for me this is really slow and so did you ever work with the lady the one that said she wasn't going to give you the kobe score no i never talked to her again what there's nothing to no, there would be nothing. How am I supposed to help someone who can't help themselves? You can't. <laughs> if you're not a litmus test for people you serve and you can't help yourself, how can you help others? So that's a mis. I feel, I mean, I, my empathy for her was off the charts because she's, that's a really tough life. That's a really, but I can't help that person. I mean, it's in that. And then my litmus test is very simple. If I meet someone who I can add value to them, they can add value to me. I'll, talk to them forever because they allow me to spend time with my family because that's really all I care about. And then if I talk to someone who I can't add value to and they can't add value to me, I just don't talk to them anymore because they take time away from me and my family. It's a very simple, it's very simple. I just want to spend time with my family. Somewhere in there, there's some bit of human understanding where I want to spend time with my family. It's in you. It's there. Just And then I met my wife because she taught me that. But but yeah, like, and then when you talk to one to two visionaries every week that have destroyed their family life or never had a family, that's, and then they're the most miserable people I know. That's a bad idea. So don't do that. We have two kids too. Our, our, we'll be them too. Yeah. My, our daughter's 28. She's her, an entrepreneur, very driven, very between the eyes too. I, let me give her a Kobe. And then my son, he's 21. He's mm-hmm. between the eyes, but with a huge, huge soft heart. Both of my kids are like that. But there's one thing that I did learn as a parent, raising our children. As parents, you want to you want to give them the right direction. Yes. Want them to be very successful and learn from their mistakes, 100%. 100%. They better learn from our mistakes. But as a parent, as growing up with my, my daughter, my daughter and I, when she was in the seventh and eighth grade, she was, she was definitely an alien from somewhere I don't know because, oh man right of course right because they go through that that time yeah so what did we do we always headbutted 
right? And, mm. and I don't like confrontation. I don't like arguments. It's just, let's get oh, I do. and move on. But it was tough for me to do that. So right. what I learned was when she hit high school, right, that I'm not going to be your best friend, but I want her to know that she can come to me for any question, mm-hmm. good, bad, or ugly. If I don't want to hear it or whatever, because I don't want her to get opinions um, from friends. I want her to be able okay. to. Good. So I've learned that as a parent. And one thing I learned too is our kids saying, mom, you're a workaholic. You work, 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 work. And when will you ever stop? And it's not that I stop. My family comes first. Mm-hmm. Always, always, always. But knowing and looking back from over the years and saying, gosh, did I have to work like a workaholic? Right. I hear that one to two times a week. So before COVID, I spent more time with my children than any dad I've ever met. Now I just spend more time with them, right? It's the not, you see the problem, create solution problem. So it's the same formula. So thank you for telling me that. Thank you. COVID is, you you hear a lot from people. COVID is the greatest single thing that's ever happened for people with the right mindset. And my wife is a pediatrician who got COVID and was quarantined for weeks. And But by far, it's the best thing that's ever happened for people with the right mindset. By far. Well, Justin, I really, really, really enjoyed. I feel that connection. I enjoyed our conversation. I I get how you are. Ditto. (laughs) Sometimes people are like, how do you do it? Sometimes my husband says, how do you do it? We know how to connect with one another. You're a relator. Yeah, you're a relator. You know, it's it's different when you're with with your spouse. I really enjoyed our conversation. And you will have any questions for me. There's your follow through. No, I, I'm just very grateful to be on this show. And I love your simplifying brain. When you send uh, or when you have your husband and children take holies, please send them to me because that's really the only context I need. Definitely will. Definitely will. And it was a pleasure. And thank you so much for reaching out to me. You're welcome. It was when you asked for my code, I'm like, Okay, here. There you go. There you go. <laughs> thank you, Toby, right away. So, thank you so much. You have a wonderful day, and we will definitely reconnect. Thank you, my friend. I really enjoyed this time. Thank you. Bye. Thank you for listening to my podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, leave a rating and review, and share it with a friend. To connect with me and get all the the scenes content you can follow me on instagram at empower with nancy and visit my website https semicolon forward slash forward slash empower with nancy.com to learn more about how coaching can significantly enhance your life and business thank you for listening and have a wonderful day see you next time